0: What's the name we have for Fridays around these parts? Ryan Day, and that's what we have here in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you, along with Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal, beat writer for the Northern Michigan Hockey Team, kind enough to join me. Man, fighting a cold, you were braving
1: it. Come in here, and man, you're toughing through it. I appreciate you being here. What's going on? Yeah, not much. Uh, it's been kind of a quiet week, uh, but. Uh It's nice to get in the courts the weekend. It's going to be fun.
0: It is going to be a fun weekend because there's going to be a lot going on. As quiet as a week might have been, as loud this weekend will be. We've got championship week in the NFL, which I actually prefer to Super Bowl Sunday because, like, we have two Super Bowls. And hopefully the Super Bowl is not a dud like it was last year. Last year, championship day was so much better than the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, very much so. I mean, you had the exciting Saints losing on a pass interference call, which is funny because they (laughs) lost it again this year on a pass (laughs) interference call. And then you had, uh, you know, the AFC, you had the Patriots finding a way to get into the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, Thankfully, they're not in that situation this year. And uh, that makes me happy because every time New England is in the Super Bowl, I feel like I lose a small part of my life.
0: (laughs) I tell you what, we've got that coming up this weekend. We've got Northern playing the top-ranked team in the country again. We'll see if they can be giant killers again. We'll get into that with the beat writer here. I wonder why they had that, you know, because in Vegas tomorrow night, they've got UFC on ESPN+, Plus as well as hockey. And tomorrow night, Conor McGregor makes his return to the Octagon. He takes on Cowboy Cerrone. Why would they ever schedule that game on Championship Week? You want people to watch or even talk about it, analyze it? Do it on Pro
1: Bowl weekend. Wait a week. Yeah, wait a week when nothing is going on. And like the Pro Bowl where uh, I think I know two people my entire life who actually say they've enjoyed, they have enjoy the Pro Bowl. So you're pleasing two people is what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you know what? You would have dominated the headlines if you would have done it then.
1: Yeah. I should be in charge of the UFC.
0: You should. I should. Get Dana White
1: out of there and have you be in there.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, we've got all then more coming up throughout the course of the show. Let's start, though, by breaking down a little bit of football with Championship Sunday coming up this weekend. Ryan, are you going to be brave enough to do it, to pick the Titans?
1: No. No, I'm not either. I don't think any of us are. I just, I, you know, there's, there's signs that maybe this is like a, you know, a team of destiny in hmm. a way. But also there's signs that they're just not very good, right. you know, and it's like they've gotten by in the fact that the teams that are better than them have not shown up, and I just, after what the Chiefs did last week, <clears throat> after falling by so much and rallying with 41 unanswered points... I don't think they're gonna let that happen. Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna come in guns blazing. They know that we don't have to face New England. We're facing a team that we're significantly better than. just finish the job, and we can make a trip to the Super Bowl, which we should have gotten last
0: year. I just look at this, and I'm like, how did this Titans team beat Kansas City in the regular season, and how can they replicate that? I think it's just Kansas City's defense is far better than they were at that point in the
1: year. Yeah, their defense has improved. Mahomes woke up, (laughs) you know, last week. It was, everything kind of came together. Tennessee took advantage of a very sleepwalking New England team, and then who... Tom Brady on his last legs apparently, if people mm-hmm. if you listen to people in Boston talk about it. And then they go into Baltimore where Baltimore just I don't know if that they'd coast into the conference final or what, but it was just it was it was just ugly and shocking. But uh I think Kansas City knows the opportunity they have. They missed out last year, just came up short, and they're just like all we gotta do is just have a good first half and just put it away and cuz Tennessee is not going to rally from no. 21 points. No, Kansas
0: City can do that. Yeah. Titans are not built to be a pass heavy comeback team. No,
1: they're not a they're not a uh if we fall behind by four touchdowns we're going to score 41 unanswered. No, that's not not with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> not with receivers like AJ Brown no. and guys we've never heard of. No, no, you can't just rely on Derrick Henry the entire game as good as he is. Mm-hmm. It's just like You just can't. you know. You got to have some sort of passing attack. I'm predicting Ryan Tannehill will struggle to get to 100 yards passing. I
0: don't know that he will. No. And it's worked so far, but will it work now? I mean, can they really do this three times against a progressively better team every week?
1: No. It's like if if you're going to be a sixth seed and you're going to make a run, you have to be able to... You know, you're playing teams that forget to show up, Mm. and you got to be able to be efficient. And Tennessee is not looking efficient. They're more like we're skating by. (laughs) We're, you know, we're We're just just enough enough playing, not not failing (laughs) any worse to actually miss out. It's just, I just don't trust it. I think Kansas City is just so primed right now. And when you know you have an opportunity in front of you, and it's going to be a much easier game should be, I think teams just are going to ready to go.
0: Let me ask you this, Ryan. Do you think it would be bad for ratings if the Titans win and people have to watch Ryan Tannehill struggle to throw for 100 yards in the Super Bowl? Would that be bad for ratings, or would Derrick Henry make up for it as fun as he is to watch?
1: I think people are going to watch the Super Bowl regardless just because it's the Super Bowl, hmm. but I think the hype will not be the same. No. It's like, okay, Aaron Rodgers versus Ryan Tannehill, or... Well, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't exactly a spectacular <laughs> thing either. But you know what I mean? It's like the Niners are like significantly good. They've mm-hmm. shown that. Whereas <laughs> Tennessee's just like, we're playing the we're happy to be here. Back. Yeah. Everything's that's, house money that we're yeah, playing with now. It's like our, our quarterback can't hit 100 yards <laughs> to save his life. So it's just, no, I think that would be devastating. I think. <clears throat> I think Niners Titans would probably be the worst. Case oh, it would be absolutely just because the lack of star power on those teams. Um, you know, your best, <laughs> their best known defender really nation- nationally for the Niners is Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. and then. Their best known player offensively is Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> then you got the Titans who have like no passing game, and it's Derrick Henry. And you're lucky if you can find a casual football fan <laughs> who can name a Titans defender. It would just be I mean, people watch, but it's just Slight.
0: like try hyping that up. But outside of Derrick Henry, the biggest superstar in that game would be George Kittle. Yeah. And that's just not box office. I think the opposite matchup would have the best ratings. Chiefs and Packers, it'd be the rematch of the first-ever Super Bowl in the NFL's 100th season. Pat Mahomes, can Aaron Rodgers sneak out one last ring, those two head-to-head? Because we haven't seen that yet. When they met the regular season, the Packers saw Matt Moore. I'd kind of like to see Chiefs and Packers, although... I do think San Fran is going to win on
1: Sunday. I, I think San Francisco is going to too, and it's like and it's not because I'm a Packer hater. <laughs> <laughs> people say that it's like you always pick against Green Bay, and it's just like it's just a feeling I have. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I thought Seattle going in last weekend, and Green Bay almost blew it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I thought Seattle was I don't know better than I guess what they showed, and then this week I just what San Francisco did to my poor Vikings, who Mm -hmm. came in with so much momentum and looked decent to start, start, and then it just went all downhill from that. So I think San Francisco is at home. They have something to prove. Um, Knocking off Aaron Rodgers is a motivation for them. And, uh, you know, they played them very well earlier in the year, San Francisco did. So it's like, I think I think this is their time. I never would have guessed if San Francisco wins this game that Mm. the Niners would be in the Super Bowl. Oh, no. No. Would would the... I would say Tennessee making the Super Bowl would be more shocking, but the Niners making it would be like I would say one A up there with one. Yeah. When this season started of these final four,
0: I only had one of these even making the playoffs. I only thought the Chiefs of this group would be the only team that would make the
1: playoffs. I was legit saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. I just I thought this was gonna be I thought the Packers were gonna be better this year, but I just thought they they had too many flaws this year. Um, and now they're one game away from the Super Bowl. The Niners came out of nowhere, shocked everybody. You have... And you're wondering... The question I have is, is is this a sustained thing? Mm-hmm. Like, is this a fluke for the Niners? Or can they actually, you know, make the playoffs and do it again next year? Because, you know, you looked at the Chiefs, and I thought they were primed for a playoff run again this year. But there was also in the back of their mind, is this just a one-time thing? Is Andy Reid going to Andy Reid himself mm-hmm. <laughs> again? Or... You know what's going to happen. They've shown that they can do it. So that's the question now.
0: Let me ask you which coach is under the most pressure entering championship weekend? Reed, LaFleur, Shanahan, or
1: Vrabel? By far, Andy Reed. I would say so too. Because <laughs> the other guys, I mean, Mike Vrabel, nobody expected him to be there. No. Nobody expected Matt LaFleur <laughs> to be there. Probably nobody thought Kyle Shanahan was going to be there. Not yet. Not yet. You know, but, you know, Andy Reed. Come on, dude, you were one game away last year. It's like, this is your prime time. If, he'd, if he can't beat the Titans, I don't think it's ever going to happen for him. Unless maybe he leaves for a different team. And you have to wonder with the Chiefs at that point, are you going to win with this guy? Because it's like, he can't get it done in the playoffs. I like Andy Reid. I'm rooting for Andy Reid. Yeah, Reed. but it's just like... You look at it and it's like, why can't you get to the Super Bowl? <laughs> like, what is it? You know, you've been there once in a game that you probably should have won. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, okay, all you got to be, you have to beat Ryan Tannehill to get to the Super Bowl. That's what you have to do. It's, it should not be a difficult task.
0: There is a fascinating article up on Yahoo Sports right now. I was reading it this morning talking about when Robert Sala, the current 49ers defensive coordinator, and Matt LaFleur were coaching together on Brian Kelly's staff at Central Michigan about 15 years ago. And the story read that on a day where recruits were coming to Brian Kelly's house, there was a freak snowstorm overnight. They were the two lowest level coaches on that staff. So Brian Kelly made them shovel his driveway for the recruits. And now these two are, each one went away from the Super Bowl. 15 years ago, Brian Kelly told him to go shovel my driveway
1: can you imagine if they told brian kelly to go shovel their driveway they good and brian kelly deserves to go shovel. Yeah, their driveway. yeah just be like i just won a super bowl what's your <laughs> you haven't won a national title what's your excuse you know so yeah I, I think that'd be funny if they did that it is
0: just a by the way brian kelly's coaching tree one of the most fascinating because during those uh those years you know between central michigan cincinnati and notre dame his lower level assistant coaches are far and away guys you would take over his coordinators like you think about uh, Matt LaFleur, Robert Sala were on his staff as graduate assistants. LaFleur spent one year at Notre Dame with him as a quarterback's coach. During that time, he had Butch Jones as the offensive coordinator. Bob Diaco was the defensive coordinator. Those guy that failed miserably as head coaches.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just your younger guys, your unheralded assistants mm. are being more successful than the guys you trust more.
0: Ryan Kelly must just not have the eye for talent. With coaches, he does as far as recruits, yes, athletes, (laughs) pretty much. Oops! I tell you what, though. Speaking of coaches, I just want to touch on this quick before we go to break. I know this is one of your favorite subjects, Ryan. Is when coaches fail (laughs) miserably at a job, and then someone else says, "Man, we got to get this guy. We got to jump on this guy before." You know, it goes back to like Sunday that uninspiring ten point, seven first down effort the Vikings put up. And then a day later, Kevin Stefanski has a job. The the Browns looked at that and said, "We got to get me some of that."
1: Yeah, and just I don't get it. It's just the decision making going in where you just say this guy looked awful, mm-hmm. but I want him. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you kind of look at it what like what the Niners did with Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Now he's actually worked out for the most part, mm-hmm. but it's just like his team blew. A 20 bad moment. Yeah, he was
0: overall successful Yeah,
1: people were just like, "Really, that's the guy you want?" <laughs> After that, what happened? But it's worked out for them. But sometimes you're just like, "What? What's your thinking here?" It's like this guy embarrassed himself basically on a big stage, and you want him to be your team
0: yeah just the fact that he's inexperienced as a head coach and that it's the browns and that culture there doesn't make me think Stefanski will be a success there he'll be fired here in a couple of years but he is kind of going with that sean mcveigh rugged good looks five o'clock shadow thing so i guess they have that going for him yeah
1: so he'll look good on the sidelines. Good for
0: Stefanski. he'll I, look good before he gets fired
1: i think uh what frustrates me the most is when these are longtime coaches who have failed at every stop. Like, we're talking like, been fired four or five times, and they keep getting hired. And you're just like, hmm, this guy has been awful everywhere he's gone his entire career, but he has experience. So that's the guy I want. I just, there's such a bizarre emphasis on experience, and I don't get it. We should call it the Rod Marinelli effect.
0: Something like that. One of those coaches. Because I've got some names for you. These coaches have all interviewed for coordinator positions within the last 24 hours at the NFL level. Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, Ben McAdoo. All those guys who
1: failed miserably as head coaches. And teams are saying, got to give me some of that. Yeah. I mean, I I love using Greg Robinson as an example. Mm, Greg Robinson was the head coach at Syracuse and took a team that was a... Bowl team every single year. We're talking these... like Syracuse would get to the New Year's Day bowl Mm -hmm. games. He took over and ran the program into the ground (laughs) and was fired after three years. Their best year was like three and nine. (laughs) And... And Michigan looked at that guy in his terrible defense and we're like, we need him to be our defensive coordinator. And Michigan's defense was awful during that stretch under Rich Rodriguez, and then he got fired. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what did Michigan see there that thinks that's, that's the guy I want?
0: Oh, speaking of Michigan, another guy, Brady Hoke. Exactly. He bounces job to job,
1: fails everywhere, but he still keeps <laughs> jobs. Hey, San Diego State yeah, man, that's didn't they just hire him? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. That, that's the only team that will want him back.
0: Tanner Hoops Ryan Stig with you. Let's take a neck uh let's take our first time out. When we come back, poor coach O, what'd he ever do to deserve this? Next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons
1: at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Ryan Steeg with you. Glad you're along. Tell you what, how could a week go from so good to so bad for somebody more than it has for head coach Ed Orgeron? I guess it hasn't been an awful week. He's at the White House today. He's having fun there, and you know, he, or at least it seems like he's having fun. Ed Orgeron looks like he's having, having fun
1: just about anywhere.
0: <laughs> I'm a huge Coach O fan. Like I would make like one of those Stan accounts on Twitter just for Coach O, just to post like video clips or audio clips of him talking.
1: Go Tigers! Go Tigers!
0: <laughs> Tell you what, though, have you ever seen the movie Nine Dead? Have you ever even heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. I actually think it's a fascinating movie. I don't think it's well-rated, well-reviewed. It's pretty fascinating, though, and it kind of reminds me of what's going on with Kocho right now. Just a... Quick synopsis. Nine people are kidnapped. They wake up in a locked room with a masked man who tells them they all have to find out what their mutual connection is to each other or he's going to kill somebody every 10 minutes. And the masked man turns out to be the father of a guy who did nothing wrong, but the actions of these nine people, whether inadvertently or not, led to his son's death. And this is his way of getting revenge. That's kind of like what's happening to Coach O. Like, he did nothing wrong. He did everything right. Won the national championship this week. And now he's lost both of his top coordinators. He's lost his Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He's lost most of his team. He's got seven underclassmen going pro this year. And now he might have an NCAA scandal on his hands.
1: With the OBJ thing? With OBJ. (laughs) Poor Coach O. (laughs) I can't say poor him so much because he just got a massive bonus to as this. As he should, as yeah. he should, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: Man, are we even confident LSU's going to get back to the college football playoff next year? I'm not.
1: Not after Joe Burrow, Louis. Le- this later. seems like
0: it's a one-and-done.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah, this is like a maybe like a fluke year. Mm-hmm. Like, everything came together for LSU this year. And I didn't necessarily
0: feel this way Monday night. I thought, you know, maybe LSU is going to be one of the top-tier teams now. Now it's looking like they're going to be a one-and-done just four days later.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at some people are making their, like, of course, the top-ten teams going into next season. Mm-hmm. And LSU is more lower down because yeah. they're losing so much. You know, it's like you look at Alabama and Clemson and... Ohio State, to a slightly lesser extent, mm-hmm. they have uh, you know it's been consistent. They're good every single year. Whereas this is the last time, first time LSU has been legit relevant in like seven years. Mm-hmm. So you wonder can they keep this going, or is it this we went all in this year and now we'll be satisfied for another decade or something like I that? I mean,
0: who do you feel more confident in going in uh, going into next year, Bama or LSU? Honestly,
1: Alabama. I do
0: too. I think Mac Jones is going to be just fine. I might even pick Georgia right now over. People are saying
1: Georgia's going to be better than yeah. LSU last year. You know, Clemson's going to be back again. They're mm-hmm. stacked with their recruiting class. Ohio State's good with their recruiting class. Some people are high on Penn State next year. Mm. I'm not sure I about that. that. Well, I can't remember where I was reading it. It's probably Sports Illustrated, where mm-hmm. they had their top 10, and uh, somebody had Penn State at like five. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. But. Uh, Oh, well, you know. No, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean yes. again, this is why it's the the way, way, way too early top <laughs> ten kind of a thing. So. I saw
0: one that had Texas in the top 15 after going 8-5. and five. These are the same people
1: who picked Nebraska <laughs> to win the Big Ten West <laughs> this year. I mean, it's just, it's like, Texas isn't back. Mm, no. I don't, it's like, I, don't, I love it when people send out that tweet. Remember, anytime Texas somehow pulls an upset Texas is back no and then they'll (laughs) lose like four straight so it's like if you want to be considered back Mm -hmm. like progressively get better we're talking like eight and five to like ten and ten and three Mm -hmm. or you know like something like that and get gradually get better not like we're middling around we're getting a bowl game and that's the extent of what we do. Well,
0: like last year they were 11 and 2 I think, a Sugar Bowl win over Georgia. This year they're 8 and 5 and they're playing in the Alamo Bowl. That's not why
1: they hired Tom Herman to play in the Alamo Bowl. No. So they're not back yet no. despite what people this, no. so what the hype might want to be. And it's like and then the same with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nebraska's going to be back this year. (laughs) No. They're just, they're so down. It's like Nebraska will maybe get a bowl game, but the days of like the Tom Mm Osborns, days when even like, I feel, but you think Frank Solich just is laughing the entire time in Ohio? (laughs) I think he has to be because it's like the guy had like a 10 win season Mm -hmm. and he got fired. Yep. That was not good enough for Mm -hmm. Nebraska both the yeah. same way yeah finished 10 and 2 that was not good enough for nebraska <laughs> standards and then they fired him replaced him with i think bill callahan who was a disaster mm-hmm. and then frank Sulich is winning the mac getting consistent bowl games having the time of his life down there which i never thought someone would say about athens ohio no. but like he's enjoying it and it's just like you got to think he's Chuckling every time we seen Nebraska. Oh, I'm Bell. sure. Yeah.
0: And I would, too. I yeah. wouldn't blame him. Yeah. By the way, before I forget this, while we're on the topic of football, because then we're going to go into hockey and then Friday funnies, here's your stat of the day as it relates to a mix of NFL and college football. There are eight schools this year that have alumnus on each of the remaining NFL teams. Tell me which of these surprise you. Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State, Pittsburgh, Iowa, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and South Florida.
1: Probably the last two probably surprised <laughs> you the
0: most. South Florida, Vandy, Pitt. I mean, Iowa to an extent, kind of.
1: Yeah, I mean, Iowa will, Iowa will kick out some good players, mm-hmm. you know, and they're usually unheralded players. Mm-hmm. Pitt will have, you know, maybe one or two that maybe surprise you. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald was out of his Fitz, world. Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But the other two, I mean, I'm trying South to think. Florida. Vanderbilt. Yeah. The only legit Vanderbilt football player I can think of is Jake Hutler. <laughs> That's like, it's the only thing that comes to mind. And then South Florida? I couldn't, couldn't no, even yeah, name of no, Their coaches some... got fired. Yeah. They just fired Charlie Strong. So I can't, yeah, I can't tell you anything.
0: You know I wonder? Because Pat Shermer's son was the quarterback for Vanderbilt last year. He's a rookie and I know he made the Chiefs practice squad. I don't for one know if he's still there, or two know if that counts.
1: <laughs> it probably doesn't. It probably does Here's my favorite. Do you know South Florida is located in Tampa, and it's cut, and that's like the middle of the state. Wow, that's what because well, like, Central Florida is taken. Yeah, Central Florida is in Orlando, mm-hmm. so they 're taken, but South Florida, do you like forget like the lower <laughs> half of your state it 's the weirdest thing I like when I went there to tr- I, I, I went to Tampa on a, a trip when I was you know in grad school mm-hmm. we covered spring training, but we were on the South Florida campus, and we were just i 'm like, how is this south florida <laughs> it 's like i don 't this is more like central west <laughs> west central Florida is what you could call it because it 's like I don't know. It's like, Florida Gulf Coast, that makes sense. You're on the Gulf. Mm-hmm. You know? Miami's got its own thing. Florida Atlantic. Florida International's a little weird. Right. But, like, South Florida
0: is, like, not South Florida. It's really weird. is it Prairie View A&M down there, too? Prairie View's in Texas. That is? Okay. Uh, what am I thinking of? There's an A&M that's down there. A
1: Florida A&M. Is there a Florida A&M? The Rattlesnake? They're the like their own school? Yeah.
0: Separate from Prairie View? Okay. Yeah. All right. So...
1: Whatever. They yeah. One of those down there.
0: Yeah. I feel like Central Florida should rename themselves Coastal Florida because it makes more sense. Yeah. And then South Florida should be Central Florida. I like it. I think that's how they should do. Yeah. They should do it that way or just be the University of
1: Tampa. UTB. Yeah. Go Bulls. <laughs> UFTB. <laughs> University of Florida, Tampa Bay. UFTB. Because I just, I, I just don't get it. It's like... Ge- geography was not a standpoint when establishing the Florida <laughs> universities. It's just, I don't know. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. Before we hit the break, I want to
0: briefly touch on baseball. I want to get your thoughts on the whole cheating scandal as it's unfolded this week. Did you see that whole rumor thing yesterday that came out that certain Astros players like Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman were wearing like these little devices that would buzz on their shoulder underneath their jersey and it would buzz to signal what pitch was coming, like if it buzzes twice, that means a curveball's coming, and you look at like some screenshots close ups there' looks, looks like, like there's there potential might be something, something there. there, and apparently
1: major league baseball's already investigated this, and they said no it didn't happen okay well i 'll trust them on that, <laughs> but it's just like it also wouldn 't surprise me i mean this no. w- the Astros thing is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Just the lengths they went to cheat that year. I mean, and it got progressively worse. My column this week, to tease it, mm-hmm. is actually about the Astros mm-hmm. scandal. So it's, I mean, just, you know, CBS Sports talked about how they went from small techniques and then over the course of the season <laughs> added more and more to it, to, where it practically released ridiculous levels. You had a camera then it turned into a camera and a video feed Mm -hmm. then it turned into a camera, a video feed and garbage can (laughs) signaling and then using a dugout phone (laughs) to communicate it was just, that's apparently what uh, Alex Cora did, is use the dugout phone did nobody notice him on the phone the entire game? I guess not He's the bench coach.
0: <laughs> so, yo, we were talking about this before. What does a bench coach actually do? Apparently, this Apparently, guy- for Alex
1: Cora, <laughs> it's like help rig a gigantic stealing sign scandal. Because it was just. I mean, it's just so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, how they got away with this. And, I mean, would you say this is. I would say top three scandals in baseball oh, history. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would say. You got, of course, the Blackhawks one. Mm. You got the steroid scandal. Yep. And now you got this. These this are, is above Pete Rose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Rose is his own thing. This <laughs> is an entire team doing this. Um, it just. It's weird. And now Boston's getting looked at, too, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Alex Cora on the Red Sox, too. I think he may have transferred some of that stuff over. I'm sure he did. Yeah, so now you're wondering about the Red Sox. Now, rumor is it was just about the regular season, but I'm sure MLB's looking at the (laughs) postseason. You can't claim that, oh, we only did it in the regular (laughs) season. It's like, well, the Astros probably claimed the same
0: thing. (laughs) It worked so well. Help us win our division. We're just going to quit now. Yeah, we'll stop. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we'll stop now that we're in the playoffs. No, it's like... So now, baseball, like I put in my column, has a question to ask itself. What are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. It's like, do we... I think what made Rob Manfred probably upset more than anything is he sent memo to every team Mm -hmm. saying, you can't do this. No. And then they continued to do it. That's probably what bothered him the most, is that... He thought, okay, there's rumors going around this happened. If I say don't do this, they won't. This problem will go away. No, I kept going, and now I have to deal with this whole scandal. And then the Red Sox scandal. They're probably going to look at other teams. I mean, Mm -hmm. just imagine this year, this upcoming team. I mean, are they going to look at the Nationals now too? Probably. Mm -hmm. There's no real... Allegations about no. them, but I'm sure they're going to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then now, this year's team, they're going to be under like a gigantic microscope, whoever <laughs> makes into the playoffs this year, because they're like, okay, did you do this legally? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, baseball is a mess right now. I tell you what, I wish they would
0: vacate the title. I think that they're doing a disservice to every team in baseball that played by the rules by not vacating the title. And I get, you know, the players' union as powerful as it is, you could go up against them. You're probably not going to win. So I get why Rob Manfred doesn't want to, you know, open Pandora's box in that sense. But vacate the title because you've done nothing
1: to deter anybody from
0: actually doing
1: this again. I put in my column what my solution is, so I'll mm-hmm. tease it. I have a different solution, okay. and it's in there. All right. I love it. I'd love it if they vacate the title, but I understand why you didn't do it. Uh-huh. And then, but I have a different solution. And I there. get
0: it too, because time will help this thing fade. Yeah, yeah. that's always going to be a black mark if there's a vacated championship there yeah. in, in baseball's history. I know we hate erasing history, rewriting history. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it how the players are getting off. Yeah, that bothers they me too. The ringleaders of it, and they know that they can just blame it on somebody else, or somebody else is going to get the hit for it like A.J. Hinch did instead of Carlos Beltran as a player or any of the other players who took part. That's what bothers me, but I tell you what, I would like to see more happen, and I don't think we're done. No, no,
1: no, we got the Red Sox now, too, so there you go.
0: Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with us. Take our next time out when we come back. We'll break down hockey this weekend with Ryan next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons
1: at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Ryan Steeg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Sports agent Drew Rosenhaus has cut ties with Antonio Brown following the embattled wide receiver's viral confrontation with police on Monday. Rosenhaus says, however, that he is hopeful that he can work with Brown again in the future, but on the condition that Brown seeks help for himself. The San Francisco Giants have hired Alyssa Nakin as the first full-time female coach in Major League Baseball history. And finally, Build-A-Bear announces that they are introducing plush Baby Yodas to their stores. Well,
1: hey, you can now build a baby Yoda. There's a Build-A-Bear Workshop in the Mall of America.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm it's the Mall of America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know where the closest Build-A-Bear to Marquette, Michigan, is. It's uh, not like I'm thinking of going, but I know that you know. I'm do they have idea. one in Green Bay? I don't think so. Green Bay might. I'm gonna look quick. But um, how about that? You can now build. I know. A I know. There's Yoda. one down
1: the state. So, like, you're on the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Maybe Milwaukee has one. Milwaukee,
0: I would think. Let's see. I'm looking for nearest Build-A-Bear workshop. No results found. That's unhelpful. Um, do we know where Oak Brook is? Is Oak Brook Grand Chute? that close <laughs> to here?
1: I I Navi? wish I... Navi. There, no, yeah, Navi uh, has one. Yeah, yeah. How that? That state, That's downstate. That's not where...
0: The first place I would have expected a Build-A-Bear to be. Well, you know, now you know where one's at. Okay, so if you want a plus Yoda, you want to build a
1: Yoda, go down to Navi. Build-A-Bear Workshop. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sure someone's going to be out there. Those (laughs) guys are going to be pretty popular. Yeah, they're. Yoda's uh, popular. Yeah, um, I mean, whenever I was at the mall, you know, kids were in the Build-A-Bear all the time, so yeah. Tanner Hoops
0: Ryan Steeg with you. Big weekend coming up on the hockey side of things. Northern Michigan—they're going to be on TV this week, and maybe not national TV. I don't know. Is ESPN Plus national TV? It's kind of pay-per-view, I think. Yeah, it's
1: it's a pay-per-view thing, so mm-hmm. it's like if you pay for it, you can get it. it's like it's a regional thing, since you know. It's and a- it
0: is you know five dollars a month. It's a good investment, but I tell you what, Northern ranked seventeenth. They climbed a couple of spots, and they have three guys that are in the Hobie Baker fan vote. Um, they are playing the top-ranked team in the country again. And the last time that happened, they came out with a win, skated to a victory over Minnesota State. This weekend, they're stepping out of conference play and taking on the top-ranked Cornell Big Red, who, as we heard
1: Grant say Tuesday... They just do everything right. They pretty much do everything except one thing right. And what would that be? The penalty kill.
0: Penalty kill.
1: Yeah, they're not good on the penalty kill. And uh, if you read my preview, which came out, eh, shameless plug again, <laughs> <laughs> that came out yesterday, um, You, that's like their only flaw. Mm-hmm. They're great on offense. They're great on defense. They're great on the power play. But for some reason, when it comes to penalties, they can't kill them off very well. Mm-hmm. Now, Grant said, He's been frustrated with special teams, especially with the power play, which is underachieved. If they can get it going this weekend, that might be their big chance to beat Cornell and Mm -hmm. get two wins this weekend because they're so flawed in that area. So Northern... If they're going to win, they need to do it on special teams, and uh, a power play is their chance to do it. Grant kind of seemed like
0: he had mixed feelings about the sweep over Anchorage. Like, yeah, they picked up a couple of wins as they were supposed to, maybe not as emphatically as he would have liked. Maybe there was still some stuff left to
1: be desired. Is that kind of the impression you got watching them? Yeah, I think it was interesting. I-, I think coaches feel differently after they watch the film. Like, he was in good spirits Saturday, you know, like, yeah, we won, we looked good at times, and then it's like, okay, I've watched the film, we had some flaws. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it took them until the third period to really blow the doors off Anchorage, and Anchorage wasn't particularly playing that well. Mm -hmm. So, you have, I mean, when it takes you two full periods to put away a team that had three wins at that time, it was just like... There were some flaws there. Um, offense finally kicked into gear. Defense was not great. Nolan was fine, mm-hmm. but the defense was shaky. It's just... It, it should have been an easy weekend for them, and it ended up being more difficult than I think they expected. So now they're playing a number one team. This is going to be a bigger test than Mankato was because, as Grant said in his press conference, we don't know Cornell. Mm-hmm. You know, We see Mankato every year. We know what to expect from them. We know how their system works. And they were able to get a split. And actually, played pretty well Friday in the mm-hmm. loss. This it's like they've played Cornell last year twice, and a lot of those players were over. Were have graduated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Northern's a very young team this year. They don't know what to expect from Cornell. And Grant said, "We're using our time this week to show them who Cornell is because they're a very different team. They're they're a slow it down. They can score, but they're a slow it down kind of team. Northern's fast." Cornell's more of a we're gonna try to hold you off and kind of strangle you. I love that term he used, <laughs> strangle you, so you can keep your off, keep your offense from generating uh, plays, and uh, it's gonna be tough. Cornell has one loss this year mm. to Dartmouth, interesting enough, <laughs> America's team. Do you follow Dartmouth on Dartmouth Ice Hockey on Twitter? No, are they are oh, they're, they're, they're fun because they like to dub themselves we're America's college hockey team, <laughs> and it's a running joke because Dartmouth is so mediocre, mm. but it's writers have some fun with it, and uh, they embrace it, and uh but The yeah. Cowboys are America's football team, yeah. supposedly. Yeah, when they were good. Yeah. No, they still brand themselves that. But for Dartmouth, it's a joke. We know we're not very good, but we're America's team. So, But, uh, yeah, they were the team that beat Cornell. So they can be surprised. But Northern needs to be good on special teams, and they have to be at their best. No one looks sharp, you know, despite what <laughs> I told him how does it feel to be the number one starter, and he's just like, well, that's not written in stone. It's like, dude... <laughs> Grant just said you were the number one starter, but I like his humble attitude right. about it. Like, well, it's not written in stone. You know, I got to bring it every night, and he does. And uh, but it's, he's going to be tested this weekend. The offenses Northern has three Hobie candidates, and all of them are going to have to show up if they want to mm-hmm. get a sweep this weekend. So, yeah, it's a big. It's a big two games.
0: Which of those three, in your opinion, has the
1: best shot at realistically being a finalist? Probably Lockern. Yeah. Um, I think Phil had. Phil is like a good Hobie candidate. He wasn't all American two years ago, but he doesn't have the goals this year. Mm-hmm. He has assists, but he's not scoring as the level that he typically does. And uh, that's, I think, what's holding him back there. Because you not only you have to be a good role model, you have to have an outstanding humanitarian feel to you, you have to volunteer, you have to do good things. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to your stats. And if you're not scoring at the level that they expect, because all the the players that win have really eye-popping offensive numbers. Mm -hmm. And although Phil's stats have dropped significantly since the last two years. So I don't think this is the year for him. DeMay has been more... Up and down, he'll look really, really good at times. But even he said after we I talked to him on Saturday, you know, he's been in a slump. He hasn't been scoring. He's getting shots, and it's been frustrating. But then he got a hat trick. So I think that up and down thing. I think he has a great chance next year. Lockrin's been the most consistent one. Um, he was the nation's goal leader. I don't think I can't remember if he still is, but he was going into last weekend, mm-hmm. and he's just been really consistent. <sighs> I guess if there's something that's... Ho- I think Northern being lower in the rankings is hurting them a little bit, I think because they've been a little up and down. I think with locker it's also the penalties are probably not helping his case <laughs> a whole lot. Um, he is second in the country in penalty minutes mm-hmm. behind teammate Hank Sorensen. <laughs> so it's like, I think that it's... I think it's unfair that people look at Things like that, because I was on the committee for three years. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of emphasis. Oh, what kind of player are you on the on the ice? That's what hurt T.J. Hensick back in the aughts, Mm -hmm. who had one of the best offensive seasons, but he was a quote-unquote problem player. (laughs) So you have, you know, is Lakhin's minutes, penalty minutes, going to hurt him in becoming a top ten finalist? I don't know, Um, but. the whole moral standard that they hold up, which I think it's really overrated at mm-hmm. times. Um, but I think he has, if he can keep his numbers up, I think he has an excellent chance. So out of the three, I'd see him.
0: Speaking of the rankings, I saw Bracketology come out this week from com. I know you don't take a lot of stock into that, but it does have Northern in the field of 16 as a four seed. And uh, we'd go to North Dakota, or we'd play North Dakota in Massachusetts
1: how kind weird is that uh, North Dakota in Massachusetts I think that would really annoy North Dakota fans you yes, Uh are. having to travel that far considering that there's regionals that are much closer to them mm-hmm. but uh but that would be interesting it'd be uh well That would be a very memorable thing for Grant, being from Grand Forks, facing the team that he is so familiar with growing up there and playing when he was in Minnesota. So that would be a fun thing. Um, They're looking good in the pair-wise, but if they want something that will really stake their claim that we'd be in the tournament a sweep this weekend or even a split with cornell
0: would be huge get another win over a top-ranked team absolutely Mm -hmm. northern would be in that field by the way their uh grouping should we say their grouping for that regional would include boston college and clarkson hosted by holy cross in (laughs) In Worcester, massachusetts
1: there's always, a re- there's always a regional in New Hampshire, or Massachusetts, or Connecticut, I swear, every year. The
0: regionals this year are in Albany, Worcester, Massachusetts, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Loveland, Colorado.
1: Because nothing says Midwest like Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> 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 the Midwest Regional in Allentown, Pennsylvania. You look at some of these teams, though, and they do have three in the WCHA, that would make the tournament if the season ended
1: today. Does that sound about right to you? You could, I think, Minnesota State's, of course, a lock. And then you have, I think Bowling Green has a good chance of getting in. Um, They've been a little shaky recently, but uh, I think they have a good shot. I think if Northern does well this weekend and they can win out... Like, just win the games that they're supposed to. After the Cornell series, all the games are winnable. Mm-hmm. All the series are winnable. They could sweep every single one of them. And then just don't fall flat in the conference tournament. Right. I think they have an excellent shot of making it in.
0: All right. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. They are a tournament team, though, if the season ended right now. yeah, so Would you say? I would say, yeah. I would, too. Pairwise, I think 15. Is that right?
1: I think that's where I think they're,
0: they're at. Fifteen in the pairwise top sixteen get in, and somebody they said is like whoever's number twenty. I think it's Sacred Heart right now. They think is going to get in with the automatic berth out of Atlanta Cocky. Boy, that conference is. What's a good compare? It's like the Pac-12, I guess, if you're thinking of uh, college hockey and football terminology, with a football mindset.
1: That or <laughs> it's like they have Atlanta cocky always gets one team in every year. Mm. Because they have to. Because they have to. Because they automatic bid. And some reason the Atlantic hockey team will show up and they'll win in the (laughs) first round. Yeah, yeah. They'll be the bottom seed and they'll upset in one seed. And American Nationals done it. RIT's done it. Holy Cross has done it. I mean, they just—it's—it's weird. Air Force has done it. Air Force, yeah. Air Force is probably the most consistently good team that's come out of Atlantic hockey. It's just Air Force Atlantic. (laughs) <laughs> yes nothing screams atlantic like colorado springs. like colorado springs yes it uh and even army's having a decent <laughs> year i mean it's like you don't know who's going to come out of it because atlantic hockey is a wacky you know conference tournament but uh yeah I'm, I'm predicting whoever comes out of it will upset somebody in the first round there's some fun matchups, by the way if that does
0: happen sacred heart would upset cornell in the first round. Well we'll see what we'll see what Cornell actually is. We'll this see weekend. where Cornell yeah, ends up. Yeah. There, there's some fun matchups in college hockey this weekend. This is kind of fun how Michigan State and Wisconsin are playing each other in both men's basketball and hockey tonight. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? One gets to host each.
1: <laughs> I think Michigan State, weirdly enough, is the better team. In both? In hockey. In hockey, really. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little disappointed with
0: Wisconsin this year, to tell you the truth. I was- thought
1: they were going to take a step forward. Wisconsin's like, I feel like ever since Mike Eves left, they've mm-hmm. taken a step back. I know they they fired him because Wisconsin was just a disaster its mm-hmm. last two year his last two years there, but they haven't been the same. No, they they aren't getting you know they're not a tournament team. They're picked every year. Oh, they recruited so well, but the recruits now is underachieved. you know. And I think I can't remember who it was. It might have been. Uh, Chris Peters, who wrote, uh, talked about how there's so many teams that recruit these high-quality NHL-caliber players, and then the players don't really do a whole lot when they get there. And then they'll blossom in the pros. But for some reason, when they get to the... uh, when they get to the college level, it's just it doesn't generate... BU does that every year. Mm-hmm. We have the best recruiting class in the country, but we can't make the NCAA no. tournament. It's bizarre.
0: By the way, speaking of coaches who just keep getting fired and then rehired, <laughs> Peter DeBoer has a new job. How about that? Gerard Galah is going to coach the All-Star team, and now he's out <laughs> a job <shut laughs> for Peter DeBoer. For they
1: didn't upgrade. No. It's like, I don't get it. And... The poor guy for the Vegas Golden I mean, yeah. takes them to the Stanley Cup Finals, <laughs> brings them back to the playoffs, and now he's fired? They were in playoff position, too, when yeah. he got fired. They were tied
0: for the second wild card spot.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Not no, good enough. Not good enough. Our standards are so high in Vegas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Such a hockey team. Exactly. In it our were,
1: three years of existence. Yeah. Existing in the middle of the desert. That's
0: hockey, man. And we're going to upgrade by getting Peter DeBoer, Mm -hmm. who consistently underachieved in San Jose. Yes. Nice. Tanner Hoops and Ryan Steig with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funny's next, and he is PNUP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on
1: ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Check it out with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple App Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Before we sign off, a reminder that we've got the ESPN-UP Coaches Show coming up. Uh, re-airing of it once we sign off and then Patriot Girls Basketball tonight from Houghton. We end every Friday, though, with the Friday
1: Funnies. Ryan, what do you have this week? Let's start with uh, Joe Judge, new Giants coach. Almost missed his interview because he got off at the wrong stop on the (laughs) train. We're off to a flying start. (laughs) Sums up the Giants, doesn't it, right now? Um, He missed his interview because he got off at Penn Station in Manhattan instead of Penn Station in Newark because the Giants facility is in New Jersey and not in New York City. So he got off at the wrong stop, um, had to call an Uber in Manhattan to drive him to East Rutherford and got there (laughs) just in time for an interview. So if he missed that, he would not pretty much be the head coach of the Giants.
0: Really, why can they not find a stadium in New York? That is so stupid to me, how they are the New York Giants and Jets, and they play in New Jersey.
1: I don't understand that either. It. It, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the Jets used to play at Shea Stadium for mm-hmm. years, and the Giants used to play at Yankee Stadium yep. for years. And then they're like, no, let's get out of New York and call ourselves. I mean, if you're going to go there, call yourself the New Jersey Giants right. and Jets. Because they're the team. that That's where you are. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> it, 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 that's a, that's on my list of like top 20 things that frustrates me about the NFL. But, but I guess New Jersey
0: doesn't hold the same, you know, the the, the same standard, kind of feeling, yeah. you know. Yeah. Neither does the Santa Clara 49ers no, like or the
1: Foxborough Patriots or the Carson California Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> um you Darvish um reacted to the Astros penalties you see his tweet it was funny no. he goes if the Dodgers are planning a 2017 World Series parade I would love to join so if that's in the works can someone make a you garbage jersey for me <laughs> <laughs> guys with the Cubs but is embracing coming back for a Dodgers championship parade. I love it do you think they should the, should they give the title to L.A.? No, I mean, should the Dodgers, as a joke, have a championship parade? Oh, like uh, UCF did? With yeah, the yeah, yeah. Go?
0: Why
1: not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It was a total troll job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, we should have won this. Probably. Yeah, so I'll, may as well embrace it. Chiefs, of course, oh, blew man. out their fireworks. Do you hear that? Because <laughs> there were so much offensive touchdowns, they the Chiefs... Staff at Arrowhead Stadium. Lot. They ran out of fireworks in the fourth quarter, so they had to put a big sign put on the, <laughs> the jumbotron saying, Uh, sorry, we're not going to light any more fireworks because we've completely run out." And they said, "Please send your complaints, you know, to our our fan office." But you're just like, "Ouch!" You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I they're probably not used to it, no, so they burned them up. But it's just like, it's like. Come on! Don't well, they you have probably any- didn't even think they'd get to use half of that after the opening? Yeah, quarter? yeah. They probably thought, well, maybe we'll use like a couple of these, and that'll be it. But to blow out your entire supply over the course of one game, um, Bruins lose to Flyers after Brad Marchand whiffs on a shootout attempt. <laughs> Do you see that clip? Oh, yeah. I love that clip because it couldn't happen to a better guy. Oh no! He so Marchand is it's a shootout against the Flyers you know, to win the game, and Marshawn starts at center ice, and he's going to gather the puck to start his rush, and he overskates it and touches it as he's going over it, but he overskates it. That counts mm-hmm. because he moved the puck. Yep. <laughs> so your attempt's over, you failed, and the Bruins lost the game on that. So, yeah, for people who don't know, if you overskate the cup and you, puck and you touch it, that's it, mm-hmm. you know, you Wasted your attempt because you don't get a mulligan. You're uncoordinated, which is why you know if you see where, um, if a guy gets close to the net and he loses control of the puck, your attempt's over. Mm. It doesn't matter if it goes wide; you you lost control of it. So, did you see him on
0: Twitter the day after that happened? He posted a picture of him kissing the cup, and a fan says, "You can do that, but you can't." even remember to get the puck on a shootout or something to that effect. He claps back at the fan. My shootout attempts are in the NHL, yours are in your driveway.
1: Oh that was I'm like, wow. At least, he
0: didn't have to ruin that guy like that. No,
1: no. But at least he knows how to do a line change. She could throw that back at him too. Um So the Staten Island Yankees, who are the Yankees' affiliate, Mm -hmm. um, said they're giving away mini trash cans for the first 500 fans who show up for their September 3rd game against the Astros' (laughs) affiliate. So mini trash cans that you can bang... To make fun of the Astros. Oh, I hope every team does that. I, I, I'm i glad the Yankees do it. I'm hoping the Dodgers affiliate oh, does absolutely. that too. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Every team should have something I'm hoping that, that everyone is going to do that. Maybe, depending how this all comes out, when they play the Red Sox too. Yeah. Maybe like, where's a trash can to the game like Oscar the Grouse?
1: Exactly. You know? That'd be what they should do. That'd be the best troll job. I, I'm glad people are embracing this because everybody should troll the Astros. So the Knicks, you're the Knicks fan hitting his half-court shot. <laughs> so he gets one, wins $1,000 worth of scratch-off tickets. Not $1,000. $1,000 worth of lottery tickets. He ended up winning 500 bucks off of them. So he won $500, basically, is oh, what he geez. got out of that. Got cheated out of a thousand and got five hundred dollars out of it. It's like the government taxing people. Isn't that the isn't that the most James Dolan thing? Oh yeah, ever? absolutely. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna give you money. I'm gonna give you a chance to win your own money. <laughs> I mean, what a joke. Um Oh, speaking of trash cans, a Philly TV station interviewed T.C. the trash can Who? as a joke. They put a, tr- a plastic trash can up, and anchors talked to the <laughs> trash can about the scandal. Oh, jeez. So now everybody's going to do the whole garbage can thing, which I think is its probably going to get overblown after a while and overdone. Well, but do it. Wait, yeah, I don't have a trash time. can in here, but maybe I'll bring one in. Gabe Kapler. Oh, boy. Who's a weird guy? Very uh, weird. We've talked about the show. um, Is obsessed with eating right. So this is just weird. I never thought anybody would do this. But the team stopped at McDonald's in California. Mm. He forgot to pack his sandwich that he does on road trips. Mm. So what he did is ordered 40 chicken McNuggets and peeled the skin off of them. Oh, no. I didn't know people actually do this. Oh, boy. Doesn't that take away what a chicken McNugget is? You would think. Like, uh, how are you even left with anything? You're just... It's just a piece of chicken that's... I mean, Chicken McNuggets... (laughs) The whole point
0: of it is the the skin off of it. Can you imagine walking into that McDonald's and seeing Gabe Kapler peeling away the
1: skin? (laughs) Every single one. And you're just like, okay, you know, eating healthy is important but you can't suck it up and eat chicken McNuggets once.
0: Why didn't he get a salad?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have salads they have there. apple slices, like yeah. on the kids' menu. Yeah, there's burgers there that are probably healthier than the chicken McNuggets. If I were again. that concerned about health,
0: I would absolutely order from the
1: kids' menu. You get apple slices before I peel away the skin from 40 McNuggets. <laughs> uh, 40 McNuggets, he probably had a water to go with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, just, what a weird guy. Um... Let's see. Um, I'm going to end it with Jeopardy. Did mm. you see the Jeopardy?
0: I actually did. All-Stars one. No. Oh, it was so
1: great. Uh, ended up over the course of four days, the Jeopardy, greatest of all-time tournament. I watched every night. I watched three of the four nights. One of them I was covering. <laughs> Westwood basketball. What's hey. the one night where I, was, where I couldn't do it. But uh, I just... It was so fun, and James, of course, is the biggest trash-talker of the three. One, Three of them were trash-talking on Twitter the entire week, mm-hmm. going after each other, and it, and, that, and it was funny. And then James actually decided to do it in the show. One, Brad came slow on like a question that was from his home city, and James goes, Ha-ha, I got it first, <laughs> and then answered the question correctly. And there's an even funnier moment in the last show... Brad went scoreless in the first round, mm. and they said, of course, in the next game, we eliminate your scores and you start over. And James goes, Brad's score is still up there. <laughs> <laughs> which was cruel but funny at the same time. I mean, I mean, Jeopardy trash-talking is the best type of trash-talking. What was his name, Brad Rudder? Brad Rudder. More like Sad Rudder. Sad Rudder. Send tweet. Ba- Brad Gutter. He's in the gutter. You know, it's like it was just... And and Jennings is in the middle and Ken's probably the nicest of the three. But he's trying to hold back a laugh because he thinks it's hilarious. Brad but, didn't belong there, though. No, Brad,
0: like, Brad... I didn't even watch it,
1: but it was apparent to me Brad was not there to win. No, it was... Uh, You had Ken Jennings, famous, James' more recent, you Mm -hmm. know, his crazy bets and stuff like that. And then you have Brad, who has won the most money in the history of Jeopardy! And that was basically why he was there. I mean, he, he was competing back when Jeopardy! had the five game max. Mm. Once you went five, you're done. They won't let you keep going. So he probably could have gone further than that, but it's just, he played from so long ago, and he was just, he was slow on the draw. He was risking way too much. It was just, it wasn't there, and, uh, just a horrendous performance.
0: Did you ever watch Sports Jeopardy with Dan Packard? Oh yeah, oh
1: I love that show. I, I wanted to be on long. that show. Did oh, you ever? I, I wanted to. I wanted to be on that show. I wanted to be on Stump the Schwab yes. on ESPN. That was the best. Growing yeah, up. yeah I, I used to watch those shows all the time. I don't think they. They don't televise Sports Jeopardy anymore, do they? I don't know what they do. I'm they, not even they sure if did still a, a show. They did on NBC Sports, and then they moved it to Crackle. Crackle. To which, crackle. which I completely forgot existed <laughs> at some point. So, but that's what it was a fun show, and Jeopardy's fun, and it was a fun experience. Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg, with
0: you with that. We are out of time. Good to have you here. Good to see you again. What do you have coming up at the Mining Journal that we need to know about?
1: Well, uh, just my column is coming out tomorrow about the Astro scandal and my perspective and my solution, which mm-hmm. I hope people read about. And then you have, um, you know, uh, Ryan Spitz is going to be covering um, a basketball game tonight. So we'll have all the basketball roundups. I'll have my. If I manage to watch the hockey game tonight, I'll have a recap in there. If not, I'll just get the box score and type something up off of that. But uh, that's it for now. Um, but, yeah, I think on Monday I'm covering a swimming meet. So, I mean, you'll get a wide variety of stuff. Tanner Hoops, Ryan
0: Steve. once again, that's it for us. Have a great weekend. We're back on Monday to recap championship weekend. Plus, I'll talk with Gary Rasmussen, the Ishpeming Ski Club, hosting their 133rd annual tournament. Tuesday night. All that and more Monday. Until then, signing off for ESPN UPWZM Ishbuming Marquette. I'm Tanner Hoops.